Greetings to the PATH family. Our slogan at the PATH is meeting you where you are. We invite you to follow, share, and check us out on social media. You may connect with us at any time, anywhere. On Facebook at The Path Church or Instagram and Twitter at Join the Path. Without further delay, enjoy this week's sermon. Uh, let's give it up for our music ministry. Um, it is good to be together. And uh, today we're going to have uh, a little bit of what I call a working meeting. You know, I, I feel like uh, you can go ahead and, and log on to menti.com. I'm already going to give you something to do. So you go ahead and log on to menti.com because uh, we, we got some things to accomplish today. You know, I, I just feel like when, when the people of God get together, I feel like we shouldn't just talk about stuff. I feel like we should actually be doing stuff, you know. And we got Easter next week, which means we got to be prepared, right, for Resurrection Sunday, right? So we're going to have a little bit of a working meeting today, and then we have several things going on after service, so uh, I won't keep you too long. <laughs> Do you believe me? Chris, come on, Chris. Come on, Chris. You... All right. <laughs> All right. Well, today what we're going to do, we're going to transition into a new series, a new series. Um, and so it, it's meant to be a brief introduction, prepare us for uh, what we're going to be striving to grow in during the next couple of months. But before we do that, I want to take a look back uh, to review our Never Alone series and also our theme for the year. Uh, we got through quite a bit when it comes to Never Alone, right? I mean, we talked about how much God loves us and is, uh, he, he has unfailing love for us and is faithfully committed to us, so we're never alone because he's with us. Um, we talked about one another relationships, a lot about one another relationships, romantic relationships and all types of relationships on how to love one another and be there for each other, how to be good friends, how to work towards things, how to celebrate diversity and the differences we have uh, to do good for God and to help this world continue to flourish. We talked about the importance of not suffering in silence. Talked about Jesus and therapy. We got mechanics. We got doctors. You know, we got, you know, financial advisors as Pastor Chad said, so we all may need a little help, you know, emotionally, mentally, so, you know, therapy is good, therapy is good. Um, then last week, Marty Solomon preached the word, did a great job, and trusting the story, trusting the story, maybe you'll remember this slide, trust the story, the next one, yes. So, you know, Marty, it was kind of cool because we had been thinking about this new series and we were actually going to start it after Easter, but the spirit moved and Marty kind of gave us a soft introduction to it because he talked about um, creation, he talked about God's plan for us, uh, he talked about what stuck out to me um, outside of all the, you know, all the Hebrew words, you know, say, say it with your throat kind of thing. Uh, you know, 
what stuck out to me was how much God wants us to know that our value and our worth um, is not based on what we can produce, you know. Um, and I had heard that before because I'm a listener of the podcast, but it still moved my heart. It still spoke to my soul. Um, he reminded us that we're valuable to God in and of ourselves. That's why the Jewish day starts in the evening at sundown. It starts with rest because God loves us for who we are. Well, we're not doing anything but sleeping, resting when we have nothing to offer. I could relate to the illustration of going into your child's room and watching the baby sleep. Every parent has done that. I mean, there's something beautiful about that moment. You're just enjoying them and admiring them and how they breathe and uh, the little chubby cheeks. and um, It's just it's special. And so I, I could relate to that. And that concept really resonated with me because that's how I felt when I first came to Christ, or really Christ came to, to rescue me. Um, that's why I love Romans 5 so much. It talks about when we were still powerless, that Christ died for us. You see, I, I always felt like I had to get something right. I had to get my life right so I can be able to offer that to God. When I come to church and say, God, I did it. I'm right. Here, I have something to offer you now, so now I can deserve your forgiveness and your grace and your love because I got myself right now. And so I, I love Romans 5 where it talks about we were still powerless. He died for us. But if this is true, if he loves us for who we are and our value is just in who he created us to be, right? Then why is it that we're always trying to produce and perform? I mean, why? Human nature. You know, it's our selfish nature. You know, Marty talked about how this first lesson that God wanted to teach us um, for all of history, because he put it right there in Genesis 1 and 2. This, this lesson really came after they escaped from Egypt, right? And Moses went up to, uh, to get the commandments from God. And yet, um, some of us, me included, tend to create an Egypt of our own. An Egypt in which we're shackled by production and performance. You know, when I asked us earlier this year, what holds us back from meditating on the scriptures? We said we were busy, distracted, and undisciplined. So... I want you to know today, in the spirit of our theme for the year, you're not alone. You are not alone. There's actually a really popular book uh, by John Mark Comer titled The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Uh, and that's uh, what we're going to be 
uh, reading and studying out. You know, we like to give you resources outside of the Sunday sermon so you can uh, do some extra study. Uh, but in it, he shares his own story of burnout in the pursuit of the American dream, in the, in the pursuit of what he thought would fulfill him, what he thought he wanted, only to achieve it and realize that <laughs> it's not really what he wanted at all. I don't know if any of us have gotten to that place yet. I know I have. There's things in my younger days, back in my day, that seemed very, very important, that are no longer as important anymore. And not because I couldn't get it, <laughs> I couldn't achieve it, it's because I did. It's because I did, and maybe you did as well. You know, he also shares some interesting data from studies done on the subjects of busyness and distraction and the impact of the digital revolution and what that has done for our way of life. So I'm going to share with you some of those stats um, on how we spend our time, and they won't be surprising to you. So we're going to take a little quiz today, four questions. You're going to have 15 seconds to answer, so if you haven't logged on yet, make sure you log on to menti.com. YouTube, if you haven't logged on yet, make sure you log on, because uh, I want to see how many of us uh, know where we are in our state of life, in our society, okay? Now, before we do this quiz and I share these stats, I just want to throw out a little disclaimer. This is a judgment-free zone, okay? All right? So... Um, I'm not throwing these out to condemn anybody or to uh, talk about how evil technology is because obviously you're going to be taking this quiz on your phone, <laughs> okay? Uh, all I want to do is set the stage for us just to uh, educate us a little bit on where we are later on, everybody said later on, not today, but later on, okay, we will unpack some of these stats and more, but with a more nuanced conversation, okay? All right, you guys ready? All right, let's go to the first question. All right, oh, wow, that's pretty good. First time I've, I've done the quiz thing today, okay, all right. How many do we have on there? All right, 100, okay, 105 players ready. Press enter to start the quiz. Here we go. You answer fast, you get more points. All right. How many times does an average iPhone user touch their phone? How many times per day? How many times per day does an average iPhone user touch their phone? 2,617, 261.7, or 20,000? <laughs> 2,617 times per day. Now, um, there's only um, 144, I'm sorry, there's 1,440 minutes in a day, okay? So let's just take away eight hours of sleep, and we're touching our phones about three times a minute, or about every 20 seconds. 
But like I said, that's not surprising. Not surprising at all. Each smartphone user is on his or her phone for two and a half hours per day, over 76 sessions. So uh, another study on millennials uh, actually put that number at twice that, so five hours per day. Also not surprising. And I said, don't jump to conclusions because I know what we're thinking already. I work on my phone. I do this. I read my Bible on my phone. So that's why I said this is a judgment-free zone. We're just looking at the data. Amen, balcony? Okay, good, good, good. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. Go to the next one. All right, there's roughly 8,766 hours in a year. How much time does the average American spend on social media per year? How much time does the average American, you and I, spend on social media a year? Out of those 8,766. <laughs> I knew, see, I knew we were very, I'm not even going to tell you my strategy. But I know we're a smart bunch here, and good test takers. So I switched it up on y'all a little bit. 705 hours. You want to know how many hours there are in a month? Roughly 730. So we spend about a month of our year on social media. All right, let's go to the next one. Let's go to the next one. How many hours do we spend watching TV each year? How many hours do we spend watching TV each year? 809.3, 397.9, or 2,737.5 hours each year? Wow, y'all are quick. <laughs> You don't know how many months that is? That's three months. A quarter of our year spent watching TV. Judgment-free zone. Last one, last one, last one for the brothers. For the brothers. It's for everybody, but this is specifically for the guys. It's, it's also, by the age of 21, the average guy spends how many hours playing video games? Ooh, I hear all the ladies say, ooh, all the, mm, I hear all the, mm, ah, uh. Let it out, sisters, let it out. You like this sermon even more right now, I know it. Ten thousand hours. Average. And all the mothers and wives are definitely not surprised. This was a uh, recent study. There's an author, Philip Zimbardo. He's the author of the book, The Demise of Guys. Demise of Guys. And this is a study he did. Now, <laughs> now this 
many of us understand Malcolm Gladwell's, Gladwell's data on 10,000 hours. You should be an expert. Well, we have proved that wrong. Because y'all still out here. Ain't no, I don't know any pros, no experts at video games yet here. Do we have any experts at video games yet? I know you may think you're an expert. I think Julius may be. Julius is a professional gamer. Anybody other than Julius, prof expert, expert? You consider yourself an expert, Misty? All right, woo, he said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Darius, you an expert? <laughs> All right, let's look at the leaderboard. Let's look at the leaderboard. All right, I don't really know how to read this leaderboard. Okay, hold on, it's still going, it's still going, okay. Casper. Who's Casper? Huh? Jordan? Casper! Give it up for Casper, a.k.a. Jordan. So, the truth is that this busy, distracted, hurried lifestyle is mostly of our doing. But guess what? You're not alone. But why? Why do we do this to ourselves? That's what I want to ask you. What are the root causes of this busy, distracted, and hurried lifestyle? What are the root causes of this busy, distracted, and hurried lifestyle? Stress and suppression and depression and wanting to escape and unsure of purpose and undisciplined and we're seeking purpose or we procrastinate, okay, society, yes, envy. We want a sense of accomplishment, okay, escape, once again, nosy, somebody said they're nosy, somebody getting real, confess, selfish, fear of missing out. What are the root causes? Trying to find fulfillment, self-gratification, life circumstances. That's right. Just your season of life may just be busier than other seasons of life, right? It may not be necessarily evil or that we're trying to do this on purpose, right? It's just the way it can be, all right? Lots of good stuff. Thank you all for sharing. Thank you all for sharing. Uh, we talked about this as a staff. Here's a picture of our uh, whiteboard. And once again, uh, because this is a judgment-free zone, you're not going to judge me on this handwriting. That's on the next slide. This is what we came up with. We want it all now. We want it all. And we want it all now. So we put some tremendous pressure on ourselves uh, because later is not good enough. Societal pressures to succeed. Um, society can even mean uh, just how we're influenced by society, how we're influenced by family dynamics, all right, past. Just what, what is success, right, and, and the pressure to succeed. Uh, dreamers. Just seeking purpose, right? And so some of us, we're just, we love to go after stuff. We love to create. Um, we love to build. And there's nothing wrong with that. 
Um, I don't ever want us to feel like this is going to be a series on why it's wrong to create and build and, and, and do great things. Or, you know, that's, this is not what that is about. Uh, but that is a reason why we're, we're dreamers seeking purpose. Um, a lack of embracing limitations. And so we're not okay with taking a season of life to slow down, right? Um, whether it's uh, whether we just get married or whether we have young children or um, health. Health may be a limitation. Um, uh, even our skills and abilities, finances may be limitations. Whatever it may be, we just we do not like limitations. Trying to fill the emptiness is another one. There's just an emptiness in us, and so we're just running the rat race, figuring out different things. If it wasn't that, I'm going to try this. And some of this, we go after sin. Some of this is not sin in and of itself, right? Some of it can be good stuff like education and degrees, and even money is not bad in and of itself, right? I mean, so envy. Yeah, we talked about envy in there. We look at what others have. We want that. But at the top of the list. There's something up there that I think is very important. Not being satisfied. Not being satisfied. If you've ever struggled with this, a lack of satisfaction in your life, in your marriage, in your career, relationships, uh, financial status, if you've lacked a sense of satisfaction in your soul, and that's what we're going to be talking about, our soul, you're not alone. Proverbs 27.20 says this, just as death and destruction are never satisfied, so human desire is never satisfied. Could this be? Why the last promotion wasn't enough. Why one committed relationship is not enough. Why we constantly feel like we are never enough. So what do we do with the human desire to be satisfied. Psalm 63, starting in verse 1, in spite of what was just said in Proverbs, here we read King David say this, O oh God, you are my God. I earnestly search for you. My soul thirsts for you. My whole body longs for you in a parched and weary land. Where there is no water. I have seen you in your sanctuary and gazed upon your power and glory. Your unfailing love is better than life itself. How I praise you. I will praise you as long as I live, lifting up my hands to you in prayer. You satisfy me. You, you satisfy me more than the richest feast. I will praise you with songs of joy. And the church said, 
You see, it's when we know that true satisfaction, the satisfaction that we yearn for, that satisfaction for our soul only comes from God, then we prioritize searching for God daily. You see, when we understand that true satisfaction for our souls comes from God, that's when we thirst for him and we long for him because we yearn for the one who is able to satisfy us. You see, that's when we will take time to not just glance at God, but gaze upon his power and his glory. You see, when we understand that he's the one that can satisfy us, that's when we realize that his love is better than life itself. And so we eagerly look forward to praising him with songs of joy. I can look out into our crowd today, and I can tell how many of us are satisfied by the way we worship, by the way we praise. And this isn't the only time we praise. We know that. But, man, this might be, you know, kind of the easiest time (laughs) when everybody else is doing it and you have time set aside. You have literally people up here leading you in praise, right? Maybe for some of us, maybe the easiest. And all this, all this that we read about, it's because he satisfies us more than the richest feast. More than the richest feast? And I know some of us like to feast. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know, I almost put a picture up, but, you know, I know, I know we got all types of food choice, you know, uh, in here, so I didn't want to. But it is a judgment-free zone, so I could put up a steak. Could I put up a nice steak up there and not be judged? I don't know. No, these days. That's what it means to me, though. But if a great feast is some great greens for you, then let it be. Beans, is, let it, amen. Let it be a judgment-free zone. Okay. This leads us to the title of our new series, Satisfied. Satisfied? When contentment meets pleasure. Now that sounds a little uh, edgy. Can we talk about pleasure in the church? You see, because I thought about what satisfaction really means, and it's like, it's not contentment. It's not peace. Like, I understand those things. It's not joy. There's something different. And I understood that because I started studying out satisfaction in the scriptures. And it was, and it's used by that word for a reason different from the other things. And I said, you know what? I said, man, I really think it's contentment with a dash of pleasure. And then I said, well, let me look up the definition. And it literally says contentment, comma, pleased. (laughs) Pleased, to be pleased. You see, this is part of the problem in the church and in this society is that we look for pleasure not in God but in the world. 
And so we look at that word pleasure, and it was like, could God give me that? Yes, Psalm 16 says eternal pleasures are at his right hand. He's the creator of pleasure. He gives us things to, to please us, to satisfy us, to give us joy. He's not just, he's not just like, just, hey, I'm just going to get you by. No, he lavishes blessings on us. Like, that's the God that we serve. And so we're going to talk about when contentment meets pleasure or when it doesn't. And what we do when we're not there, when we're not feeling that, we're not seeking that from God, Okay. Now, once again, this is only an introduction. We're going to start studying this out together. Order the book. Uh, over the next few weeks, you'll have some time. Start thinking through this concept for yourself uh, because we're, we're going to ask you to chime in. We want to hear from you as we grow together. Amen? Now, because satisfaction is, like, really important, I think, for us, uh, in our relationship with God, I think when we're satisfied in God, we also want others to experience satisfaction in God as well. Um, because there's so many souls that are uh, hungry and thirsty for something more than this world has to offer. Right? And that's Christians and non-Christians alike, I, I will say that. Um, and so, uh, because of that, and because Easter is next week, you're going to have the easiest way to share your faith right now. Like I said, this is a working meeting, right? Uh, and so right now, if we can get the host team uh, to go ahead and pass out some flyers, if we can get the host team to pass out flyers, and we're also going to give you a digital version, okay? So this is going to take you to the path.church slash events, the path.church slash events. Let's go ahead and take communion together. Let's take communion together. Romans chapter 5. Verse 6, you see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for Jesus. Thank you for his life, his death, and his resurrection. Thank you that we get to celebrate it, not just on Easter Sunday next week, but every single day of our lives, Father. Thank you that because of his sacrifice, our souls can be eternally satisfied in you. So as we take this cracker, we take this juice, we thank you, we remember you, and we ask you, God, to satisfy our souls in a deep and meaningful way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. New sermons are uploaded each Monday morning. Simply search The Path Church Atlanta in iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting service. Additionally, we greatly appreciate your feedback on iTunes. If you would like to learn more about The Path, we encourage you to visit www.thepath.church. We hope to fellowship with you soon.